everyone. Welcome to the In Between Club. I'm Yasuha. I'm Tomoka, aka Tess. How's everyone doing? It's very hot summer in Japan right now. Oh my gosh. I, I, uh, uh, it's like 40 degrees Celsius outside.、Yes. What is your favorite summer activity?、Mm. My favorite summer activities. I feel like every time I talk about these、um, and talk at the beginning of the、mm-hmm. podcast, I always mention about like food or even within the episode too. So、uh-huh. this time as well. <laughs> My favorite summer activity is、um, eating a cold noodle. Oh man.、Uh, it's called h i y a s h i t u k a Oh man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So man. There is、mm. uh, many kinds of、uh, cold noodles in Japan, but you can eat that、um, the most in the summer. Well, like、mm-hmm. When you go to grocery store or restaurants, they usually have those menus. So、mm-hmm. I eat that like at least three days per week. <laughs>、uh-huh. Yeah, because it's cold and it looks kind of healthy. Like you put vegetables and There's not much of、um, like oil. Mm-hmm, 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 <laughs> so, true. Yeah, that's, that's my favorite summer activities. Okay. Food related. Yeah, food related, as always. As always. My, fa- my favorite summer activity is,、um, I guess, going outside, but this is exclusive to days that are not too hot. So, I guess, like,、um, early summer and later summer. Mm hmm. I really, really like the beach. And also, I'm not the type of person that just like, I mean, I do enjoy it too. I do enjoy like going in the water and、um, playing, playing <laughs> with the water, like soaking myself in. But more than that, I really like to just like sit down and chill by the beach. I like、um, that too. And so, I also really like doing that by the lake. and... I just really like to observe nature. So I actually go like a bit of like hiking too in the、really? summer.、Wow. But when it's not too harsh, not too harsh.、Um, because I really like the greens. It's really pretty in the summer. So I do a lot of that. But yeah, when it's not too hot, I, I love doing that. So we have an announcement for the language we use in this podcast.、Um, Over the、um, few episodes we've been、uh, releasing, we had in both languages, Japanese and English, for each episode. But after monitoring some of our listeners and the contents that we've been sharing, we decided to choose the language we use depending on the topics we cover in, in the episode. So, for example, shukatsu. Job searching in Japan in Japanese. And for English episodes, we will be talking about topics that would be more familiar and resonate to、um, a u d i e n c e around the world. And、uh, just to let you know before we start,、um, this episode about the family relationships, we are going to be sharing a lot of personal content. And、um, It's very specific. And so we just wanted to、um, warn、uh, that it might be triggering 
for some people. And yeah, so please be aware of that. And uh, because the discussion is very long and very deep, we're going to segment it into part one and part two. And so part one will be released this week and part two with the conclusion of the whole discussion, um, we will be um, releasing that next week. Yeah. Oh, and then a little bit of um, a little bit of a context to give you. Part one will be about the relationship with parents and part two will be about the relationship that you have with your extended families and the relationship with your siblings. Yep. So <laughs> our topic today is about family relationships of TCKs and CCKs. So we're going to look at how our relationship with your family or extended family change over the course of time or how does the experience affect your relationship you have with them right now and so on. So um, we want to start with a question about uh, the relationship that you hold with your parents. But um, just before we get into our own um, experiences, we want to put up a little bit of a disclaimer that um, we are aware that for a lot of TCKs and CCKs, they sometimes have um, issues about their separation of their parents and also the separation with their parents. Mm -hmm. And um, they're just issues that we are not really familiar with. Like we know we're aware that a lot of people have those um experiences in their lives but just because we don't have the experiences like we don't think that it's appropriate for us to really try to get into those topics so um just for this episode we can't really talk about that but we will uh, we will make sure that we will try to um engage in those conversations in another episode where we will um try to welcome opinions and maybe guests who can talk about that with us or for us um, fully. So just for this episode, we won't really be touching on that. Just to tell you. Yeah. So, Yasu Hassan, like, do you think your relationship with your parents, like, have been affected with your cross-culture experiences? Yes. It has a very strong influence between how... I built the relationship with my my dad, my mom. Mm -hmm. I have um, my dad is Japanese, my mom is Thai. So that really like shifted the way I interact with them. Right. Yeah. And like how? Like for example, when I was little, I, when I still used to live in Thailand and that time I was fully exposed to Japanese culture, like the Japanese community in Thailand. And mm -hmm. I was sort of ashamed of being mixed Thai mm -hmm. because I didn't like being different from the rest of Japanese children. Mm -hmm. And so the way I treated my mom was horrible like i would ignore her i would refuse to talk to her in thai and so there was a huge distance between my mom and i 
Mm-hmm. And yeah, I I couldn't like I couldn't be the daughter that like she probably wanted me to be and mm-hmm. it was definitely difficult for her to like understand why I was being that way mm-hmm. and so I had that kind of like struggles when I was little and then um when I came back to Japan I had uh-huh. another difficulties with my dad in a different right. way and that was more about like the the clash of like you know cultural belief different cultural belief and values that we both had right yeah. so 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 just to like sort it out so when you were in Thailand because you will you um were in a relatively japanese community mm-hmm. you felt ashamed of your um mother and of your thai uh heritage and so that sense of shame you reflected that onto your mother Is yeah that, um, yeah that's that's how i was like yeah projecting right yeah. right that's like one of the most like biggest regret i have in my life mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I want to I want to dig in if, mm. if if you feel comfortable talking yeah. about it like um so for the relationship with your mom mm-hmm. do you think like how did she react? Did she did she express this kind of like understanding towards the way that you were reacting like did she understand where you were coming from or were or was she like really upset about it too i think she was more of upset about it mm-hmm. rather than understanding mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. because she never like really forced me to just be japanese or just be thai Right. She embraced me for being mixed. And mm-hmm. so to her, I think she just couldn't understand why I only, you know, reject the Thai side of the culture. And yeah. Yeah. And so I fought with her a lot when I was little. This was like back in elementary school. Mm-hmm. I saw her crying so many times I saw her mm. like didn't come back home for a few days mm, because mm-hmm. of me because I mm-hmm. said something really terrible and mm. really upset her and I still remember like how I talked to her I apologize and like my dad right. was there to help us like overcome mm-hmm. what was like happening between us and so it was definitely the difficult time for her too right yeah right right. like were the conflicts that that you had were they like directly um about the cultural i guess shame that you felt or was it more of like an indirect reflection of your frustration and your anger towards some other topic and also like um, I also wonder, every single time you had those kind of, like, 
maybe like emotional rages Mm -hmm. did you feel guilty immediately after that happened I would say because I was so little I didn't feel the guilt I was just confused and frustrated with Mm -hmm. why I had to have like different um, lunchbox or different Mm -hmm. kind of clothing Mm-hmm. that like my mom would choose for me and right. I think I just like said those things directly to her that like right. you know, why am I different from the rest mm. or like why do you always talk to me in Thai or mm. such things mm. so it definitely hurt her feeling as well mm. yeah so that strong sense of shame mm-hmm. really affected the relationship with my mom like the the relationship with your dad with like the cultural mm-hmm. i mean not the maybe not the cultural but like the conflicts and like values i totally agree with that mm. like it's it's really really weird because like for us for me and Yasu Hassan, like our parents are who brought us to having these kind of backgrounds, like having these kind of cross-cultural mm-hmm. experiences. But then um, the values that we cultivate in those environments are just so, so different to what they have when they come into those like cross-cultural environments as well. Yeah. And so it's really ironic, but our values that we build up having those experiences and putting ourselves in our, in those environments strongly opposed to what they believe in mm-hmm. right and yeah. so like what what kind of like specific issues did you have with your dad in terms of those for me it happened right after i started the university mm-hmm. so it was the same time as me experiencing the cultural shock yeah. of joining, of being a part of Japanese community. And there were so many, um, you know, unknown and like frustrations that I couldn't understand why yeah. like certain things happening in the, like that way. And so... Uh-huh. I couldn't express that feeling towards my friends or like mm-hmm, professors mm-hmm. or like, you know, to mm-hmm. the office in the university or something. Right. So right. I hold everything inside me. But, you know, you have to let out those things somewhere. Yeah. I mm-hmm. didn't have a friend who I could mm-hmm. like express in mm-hmm. that time. And mm-hmm. so the only place for me was at home. Right. Yeah. And I my family is uh, is like kind of way who you know we all talk about everything that happens like, mm. like on, in life like at schools like I was kind of a girl who would share everything I learned in schools uh-huh. to my parents and because I have that kind of practice I did the same when mm-hmm. I struggle with the culture shock. Oh but my god! The response that I got from my dad during that time oh was like. My god. Why are you being like this? Why are you being like this honor, like mm-hmm. Japanese? Mm-hmm. Like he said he doesn't remember 
you know, uh-huh. brought me out that way. And right, that was like, oh my god, what? <laughs> that was the moment. That first time I felt, okay, mm-hmm. maybe what we believe, what we values, have changed because of like my cross cultural educations and experience I had in like high schools and before that like just imagining that gives me so much pain oh like my heart aches so much oh my god yeah did you also have that kind of experience or feeling I mean I didn't really have a similar experience just because like my dad was physically not there right mm-hmm. like he was um so my dad we've been living apart for i think how many years now like eight nine years now just because he mm-hmm. works um in different countries time to time and so i live i basically live with my mom and my sister I I lived with my mom and my mm-hmm. sister until I came to university and so like um I didn't have that experience in specific and also what's a huge difference with your family and my family is that like we don't really share stuff mm. um it's not like there's this like taboo atmosphere about sharing our experiences it's just that like the culture in our family is Mm -hmm. to not really share a lot of emotion. Mm. Like we have this like silent, um, not sense of agreement, but Mm. this sense of awareness that we don't really share Mm. emotions. Mm. And um, it's not like it's strictly enforced or it's that like my parents taught us to do that, Mm. but it's, I think it's something that me and my sister cultivated seeing my parents cope with their emotions because from um, like, I do have like clear memories of my mom trying to suppress her like emotions of like sadness. And I've never, I mean, like I've only seen her a few times, a few times like being really sad and like crying Mm -hmm. for instance. Like, I know she reflects her anger into, like, something else. Mm -hmm. She tries to, like, reinvest that anger into our interactions and stuff. So she's not, she doesn't directly show her emotions. Mm -hmm. And as for my dad, like, I barely see him expressing his emotions. Like, he's, Mm -hmm. I think he's a reflection of, like, a typical stereotype of Japanese men where they have to behave like they're strong but quiet. (laughs) which is deemed I guess masculine in Japanese Mm -hmm. culture and I guess like also in a lot of like East Asian cultures um but he's typically quiet and he doesn't really um show sadness of course and when he's angry like he would he would like tune that into he turned that into like our relationship basically Mm. so like yeah in that sense like I don't think I had that kind of conflict Mm. of um having like shared my experiences and 
like basically just sharing my day with the family and having uh and, and like fighting over that because yeah basically we didn't really share those kind of things like everyone kind of suppressed their emotions and tried to like mm-hmm. cope with them mm-hmm. individually but yeah well I understand when you said that your father doesn't uh express the emotion uh-huh like explicitly I think uh-huh. my dad was like that too he doesn't uh-huh. show where when he's sad or when he's like mad mad he does actually but yeah mm. there's not much of uh communications about emotions and mm-hmm. so yeah. that actually you know increase more frustrations for me too because exactly. i don't understand where right. it comes from and like mm-hmm. why my dad has like said certain things that mm-hmm. really clash uh with my opinions and mm-hmm. belief and what was really interesting and i what one of the things i appreciate so much is that I earlier I said that I had a very difficult relationship with my mom when I was mm-hmm. little but mm-hmm. during the time I was struggling with my dad mm-hmm. my mom was the one who supported and understand my mm-hmm. frustrations mm-hmm. and what mm-hmm. I was going through right like that was huge because she is living in japan with me and she mm-hmm. also experienced i i would assume that uh-huh. she would also experience what i experienced yeah like culture shock adjusting yeah. to the like new community and new life and so mm-hmm. we had a lot of comments mm-hmm. and my like i said my mom never forced me to be just japanese or thai right right so, right she was just there to trying to you know talk through me mm. and be the bridge between like overcoming this struggle so right yeah i feel like the the reason why like she wanted to really work that out and like worked through that with you and she like un- was really understanding towards you was because she kind of had the experience of like I don't know in my assumption like mm-hmm. having the experience of like living having to live in a Japanese community while she was in her home country mm. in Thailand yeah. and, and so like I'm pretty I don't know I'm assuming that she had those kind of like cultural conflicts in herself mm-hmm. and then also like she experienced you um you know like you mentioned mm. having this sense of like cultural shame towards um basically like her culture right mm-hmm. so i guess because she had those experience of like i don't want to say dealing but like mm. you know like dealing with your um cultural sense of shame mm. and then her experiences of like you know living in another culture in her home country i guess you know she was able to empathize and yeah really you know face like put the effort to mm-hmm. face your struggles yeah 
Yeah, I think so too. And I never actually talked about this with my parents. Mm-hmm. Like what happened, what I felt during that time. And so uh-huh. like all I can do is like just to imagine and assume. Mm. But what you just mentioned, I I really feel that way too. Mm. Because I'm like grown up yeah from there and looking back at like my childhood yeah I would say that oh that was so much to run through and mm. I know for a kid to go through right yeah like I couldn't really think oh was that really me yeah um, mm, because I wouldn't do that right now to my mom and oh and right yeah the desire of fitting in mm-hmm. really drives me crazy I guess mm. yeah wait so like do you mean this um thought the sense of like mm-hmm. was that really me does that come towards the way that you behave to your parents or like the constant questioning of like and the constant conflict that you had in terms of like having to fit in and stuff or is it both i think it's both mm. yeah so you feel a little bit more independent in the in like the sense of like having to fit in i wouldn't say like absolutely zero feeling uh-huh. for like not wanting to fit in but yeah i'm more liberated and more comfortable being myself right rather than trying to be someone else and not feeling like you belong or being able to be yourself so Mm -hmm. yeah Mm. like one of the big um, factors that allow me to overcome my experience with my mom Mm -hmm. during childhood was my transitions from Japanese schools to international school Mm. and for my struggle with my dad was also a transition from um, Japanese university to the study abroad program. Right. And coming back from there. And so it's really funny and interesting to see that, like how transition affect and uh, created a lot of challenges, but also it was uh, a form of solutions to it. Exactly. Like the moment you said that, I was like, oh my God, like it's so interesting how the cross-cultural experiences were Mm -hmm. what brought you those conflicts. Mm -hmm. But then another layer of it is what you, what like helped you out of it. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Exactly. But yeah, yeah, it's also the same for me. Wow. That's so interesting. I I wonder, I wonder how that works psychologically. Mm -hmm. Like I, I wish I can't you know, research more into that uh, correlations or there must be some kind of 
studies on it. <laughs> but like, I don't know. My assumption, maybe it's the fact that we get to like change environments because mm, because like right. we're so because we're so used to like the change in environments. You know, not like the adaptation process, but like mm-hmm. the fact that we change environments. Like, I feel like we recognize it as a way to refresh. Yeah. Yes. And to really start everything uh-huh. from zero again. Mm-hmm. And so we see that as an opportunity, not as like an end of something, I mm-hmm. guess. Mm-hmm. Maybe in that way, it works in a positive. It's it's more of like a, it, it affects the psychology in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I do recall myself constantly wanting to change environments, mm-hmm. you know. So it does it does make sense. Yeah. When I moved to international school, another things that really changed between me and my mom was the language. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I was refusing to speak Thai, mm-hmm. my like speaking ability with in, in Thai was really low, and mm-hmm. that hindered a lot mm-hmm. of the things between us. But Going into international school where there was majority of Thai students, mm-hmm. I learned how to speak in Thai fluently. Yeah, yeah. And when I come home, I also enjoy mm-hmm. using Thai to communicate mm-hmm. with my mom, and that mm-hmm. increased like communications between us, mm-hmm. and that also like naturally, you know, bridge the gap. And so there were so many things that like help us right by like changing the environment so right right oh my god your mom your mom (laughs) should have been would have been like so proud of you and so happy that you were finally trying to like actively engage in Thai Mm -hmm. culture yeah and not only did you get to did you two get to like communicate more but you were like using thai language right yes and so like you know at the very beginning of our podcast when we launched uh-huh. the podcast we had the episodes about language and yeah i think this kind of connects to that episodes too but whereas mm-hmm, mm-hmm. language is a tools a very one of the very important tools to build like relationship Mm-hmm. with the people around you and mm-hmm. yeah it's really interesting to see that connections so I, I talk a lot about my relationship with my parents uh-huh. I'm very curious about what your experience and relationship with your family so um it's it's still i don't know it's it's really hard to like put it into like a um a clean description a clean like one word mm-hmm. description i think like my family's still going through like the process of really trying to figure things out but um i did not really have an easy relationship with both of my parents i would say I think with my 
mom. Um, my puberty was really bad. <laughs> mm. So um, it basically started started when I was like 12. When I entered middle school, mm. I would say. And we really fought every day. Like mm. literally every day. <laughs> I didn't know why it was so intense because my sister didn't really have that. Like she was, I mean, my parents would constantly tell me that um, my sister had an easy puberty. Like it just passed, just never really happened. And so like mine was really bad. What kind of things do you fight about? Like small things. I think small things. But I feel like the reason those conflicts happened was because of like the accumulation of like small frustrations mm. and small irritations in my daily life mm. and also like in the family relationship like in mm. the family that I held and I actually still haven't really been able to like figure out the frustrations that I had towards the family until my middle school years because mm. after my middle school years for me it's like pretty clear of why I held so much like um hard emotions and difficulty towards mm -hmm. my family and the relationships I had towards them. But like, I don't know how that started from middle school, like how those like constant conflicts started from middle school. So I must have had those like difficulties even before middle school. And so I'm like mm. trying to figure that out, but yeah. Um, so my relationship with my mother until I came up to university and pretty much like physically separated from her um, wasn't great. And also the relationship with my dad was, I would say pretty terrible. <laughs> it's not the worst. It's definitely not mm. the worst, but um, it started when we really came back from the States when I was eight years old until it, what's really funny is that, um, until eight years old, most of the memories that I have with my dad was, is pretty positive. Like, I really remember him, like, trying to take us out on the weekends, mm. um, for, like, you know, family trips, yeah. um, just going downtown, just taking us to the mall, go shopping and stuff. So I really have, like, a clear memory of my dad really engaging in raising us. Um, so I never really had any like hard feelings towards him mm -hmm. until I came back. But then like the relationship that I held with him like drastically changed after we came back to Japan. And it really was because of him having to like transition to like the Japanese working environments after working in the States for five years. And like what made it really difficult was the fact that I was also facing the transition and I had to mm -hmm. go the, through the cultural adaptation. Um, because for me, like I spent like five years out of eight years of my life in the States at that point. So like at that point, as far as I remember, I grew up in the States, right? Like mm -hmm. I didn't really have any memory living in Japan, mm -hmm. yeah. engaging in Japanese, like ground mm. in Japanese, like culture in the country. Mm. Um, the only source of information, the only source that I would get, I would be in touch with Japanese culture was through my parents, 
and through like some, you know, some small community, mm-hmm. but that was, that was it. So, you know, I was facing a lot of culture shock. It was like an exposure of, to me, it felt like a foreign culture, a foreign right. country. And so like the time that we, fa- that I faced um, the transition and mm-hmm. my dad having to go through that transition was the same. And so like, we were already really stressed and like, not stressed, actually really distressed individually. But then when that came into one space at home, there would obviously be a lot of problems there, right? Mm -hmm. And to me, like, because I was like, eight years old, I didn't, I mean, now I can talk about it that way. Now I can know why I was so confused. And I was so like, I don't know. I was just like, I, d- I just didn't really have any idea of what was happening at that point. I was like, well, mm-hmm. I didn't understand my psychology. I didn't understand what was going out <laughs> yeah. externally, but I was just really confused. But like my dad, because like, as I said before, like personally, I don't really think that he expresses his emotions in the smartest way. Mm. Like he, I don't think he, expresses his he tries to like relieve the pain relieve the sadness relieve the anger in the smartest way and so like he kind of um reflected that into the relationship that he had between me and it was pretty harsh Mm -hmm. like I won't get too deep into it Mm -hmm. but it was really harsh like Mm -hmm. it really affected my self-esteem um in a lot of ways like Mm. verbally Mm. um emotionally Mm. sometimes even physically Mm. like it was really bad Mm. Uh, (laughs) and I mean that I I think like the first few years the first three or four years was the most intense but it basically continued I mean it's basically continuing Mm -hmm. it's getting better but um so I really didn't have a good relationship with my dad and that's when I started to I think feel that I had to like quote-unquote behave in front of my dad to not make him upset because it would if I do like it would directly connect to an attack towards me Mm -hmm. and like he and I tried to like I felt like I had to make him feel better. I had to take care of his emotions. I had to like try to not um, step into his mental field that would make him upset or just grow some kind of like anger, some kind of... How, how old were you when you started to feel that way? Eight. Eight? <laughs> yeah wow yeah there were there were like a few like huge incidents that really Uh really shifted the relationship and Mm -hmm. so like that moment was when my perception and my image of my dad who used to be like pretty caring like Mm -hmm. changed extremely Mm -hmm. like he changed into like this monster Mm. 
from this dad that used to like take us out on weekends. And so I, I was really scared of being at home with dad. Mm. And I mean, he was really busy. I didn't really see him like coming home. Like it would either be me asleep already or I see Mm. him coming home really drunk like really really drunk Mm. and um but like on the weekends he would be there right Mm. so I was so scared like every single time I wake up on the weekends to like see him in his room because I knew like Mm. it's not like we can't we won't like talk we, we would have, like, no, absolutely no, like, common mm-hmm. communication at all being in the same house. But, yeah, I was genuinely really scared to be in the same space with my mm-hmm. dad. Mm-hmm. And I, um, and I think my mom just didn't really know how to, like, take care of that. Because, obviously, she had no experience like mm-hmm. this. Like, it was, it was very unique to her. Mm-hmm. And she didn't really know what I was going through because I didn't really talk about it. Um, my dad probably didn't really talk about it either, but I really remember telling my mom out of like this emotional rage that I wanted her to divorce him. Mm. Um, and I mean, at that point I didn't know where my emotions were coming from, but I Mm -hmm. really do, um, remember feeling like home wasn't a safe space for me, Mm. especially when my dad was there. And I think, Mm. I mean it started there not feeling like my like home was a safe space for me like that sense I started to have that feeling um from that time I think so when I found out that my dad was going to start living apart um from us because of his work when I was like 15 it was like a huge relief wow so from like eight year old to yeah. 15 mm-hmm. that a long time you uh-huh. had a constant you know feeling of like fear and struggle uh-huh wow yeah like I mean there were actual like times where I tried to make him to, I tried to like comfort him out of his like hard work days like mm-hmm. after work or mm-hmm. like on weekends and then he would be like like you know for like for example I would say like mm. which means like it, it's a word that not appreciates but um tries to encourage the person that came back from a hard day of work right yes. in Japanese culture right and but then his response would be you're just saying that so that you can get something from me right <gasps> And so, like, experiencing those kind of things as, like, an eight or nine-year-old, like, I don't, (laughs) I don't know how can that, how that can really connect to, like, a sense of, like, trust and safety towards your parents. Yeah. Right? Also, especially when it comes with, like, sometimes, like, physical action. So, that really, that sense of, like, feeling unsafe really Um, continued until I was 15. And... After um, 15 years old, when my dad um, started living in Thailand, mm. I couldn't say this in Thailand, <laughs> yeah. but um, living in Thailand, um, it was like a sense of 
relief that I didn't really have to um, mm. deal with that anymore. But time to time when I meet my dad, we would have huge fights. <laughs> um, but I think even it's actually really impressing to me that I actually tried to go meet him time yeah, to time. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. <laughs> it's like, why would you go meet him when you know that he's a person that yeah. violates your security and sense of safety? Yeah, because um, I still remember the time, mm-hmm. like, you know, before we started all this podcast and, you know, when we started uh, being friends, yeah. Amoka would uh, say that, oh, I'm going to Thailand, yes, oh, wow, what are you going to do? That I'm going to visit my dad. And I was like, wow, you're such a sweet daughter. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> I didn't know about all these struggles and challenges you had. So uh-huh. when I recall that, I was uh-huh. just like, oh, what made you, you know, willing to visit or willing to talk? I would assume like you wanted to, you know, restore a built relationship with your dad again. Yeah. Well, <laughs> honestly, I mean, I'm going to be very honest and my and this might sound a bit like I'm sorry to say this to my dad. I'm not I mean, I'm really sorry to dad, but like the I think the reason why I went to Thailand as at those times like multiple times even knowing that my dad is there was because I knew that like I would be able to spend time alone most of the times because my dad would be at work anyways <laughs> during the day. Mm. And like I said, I really um looked for like changing the environment constantly. Mm-hmm. And so even if it wasn't, like, a permanent thing, like, mm-hmm. being there for, like, two, three weeks um, during my time in, like, summer vacation, out of being out of Japan with just getting out of the environment where I had all of those, like, you know, issues and traumas mm-hmm. of the past was, I think, that it, that in itself was, like, pretty relieving. And um, even though I knew that, like, my dad was there, like, I knew mm-hmm. that I didn't really have to, like, deal with it during the day because he wouldn't be there anyways. Um, but like time to time when he comes back like that fear (laughs) would Mm. come up obviously and so like even though like I was the one that initiated that action of going to Thailand um, thinking that I would have this time on my own that I would be relieved um, when my dad came back from work like that fear would tune in Mm. and so like I tried to communicate with him as much as possible but to um try to give those words of encouragement i guess when Mm. i actually talk to him um but like i said every single time i go visit him we would have like at least one huge fight that lasts for like three or four hours but like also yeah like it was pretty it was really Mm. intense but also, like, those fights only happened after I went into, like, high school, I think. Mm. When it was after I was able to, like, think, I can't just be, like, under his supervision um, and just be in a week 
um, Mm -hmm. position, but Mm -hmm. that I had to like show that I had some kind of independence in myself. Yeah. I would assume that was the time that you also started to, you know, construct your like identity, the core part of you. Exactly. 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 Yeah. So those fights would happen. And, but then as time passed and as time grew and as the time that my dad spent time apart, like lived apart became longer and longer. I also started to like understand how he must have felt lonely being alone Mm -hmm. for like so many years Mm -hmm. working in a foreign country. Like, and because like he was basically in charge of the whole company base in the country, Mm -hmm. like he was the one who had to take the whole responsibility Mm -hmm. of what happened in that country in his company. And so like, I knew that he was going through intense stress Mm -hmm. Um, seeing his like behavior and like his um, lifestyle and stuff so like it was really hard to take care of like both of my emotions and my difficulty that I held towards him Mm. but to also care and understand with what he must be going through Mm -hmm. and so there started to like I started to have this sense of, I guess, empathy in a way. Not empathy, because I I wouldn't have, like, understood what he was going through, but, like, sympathy, I guess, Mm -hmm. Um, towards, towards, like, his difficulty and his hardships that he was going through. Um, Even when we had those kind of conflicts and when I would be personally attacked by him um, from, like, mid high school life or something Mm. I guess um yeah this is just what I'm like assume but Uh I still think despite all the fight and you know difficult relationship you had with your dad I still Mm -hmm. believe that your dad was appreciated you for you know coming all the way from Japan and to see him, you know, going through this kind of, like, hardship from uh-huh. eight-year-old all the way to, like, high schools and, like, that much of, like, long year that you had, I'm sure you, it was very difficult. Mm. So, I yeah, I think he's had appreciations of you trying to build trying to interact with him i think he started acknowledging that like really recently yeah like at that point when he still used to live in thailand because right now he lives in india Mm. um when he at that point when i was still in high school like i did understand that like despite all of those like conflicts and despite all of those like you know dif- like individual hardships that we mm. felt towards each other i knew that he appreciated me for coming to see him because like every single time when he would like take me to the airport when oh. i for my flight like mm-hmm. 
he would always say out of like this I felt this like sense of shame and this sense of like guilt Mm -hmm. in his words but he would always be like like thanks for coming and you know like you can come back again like every single time he would say that and so like despite all that like emotional rage that we had that we would have for like each other during that time during my stay like I I do think that he did think feel thankful about the fact that I went Mm -hmm. and recently (laughs) I mean it's always it's already been like 10 years since he's lived apart from us Mm. like his behavior has changed Mm. so much Mm. and um I was really surprised because a few months ago I think when things started to get I mean I think it was after things were really intense for him in India things started to like calm down a bit Mm. it was really sudden but like in the family chat um which I actually um exited because I didn't feel comfortable oh (laughs) my mom and my sister sent me this like screenshot of him like trying to like apologize a bit and the way that behaved Mm. in the past because of his like stress I mean, I think he's starting to this, starting to feel this like sense of guilt and shame of how he kind of mistreated mm-hmm. us. And so that was really surprising. And um, yeah, I can see how he's starting to acknowledge what he has really um, done in the past mm-hmm. and how he's trying to improve the way that, improve the relationship with us. And I think that, it came especially after I went through my second but largest period of um, cultural adaptation, mm. um, dealing with like rejection and mm. everything. Like I, I think um, I would say like the resurfacing of my trauma, mm. like last year after I came back from my study abroad here. Um, because that was also like a significant time that impacted the relationship with my dad like I didn't after like after coming back and I started to have difficulty I didn't contact with like with my dad at all for like a year Mm. and so um I think and also coincidentally it's really funny but like (laughs) At the time when I was facing all of that, my dad was also going through the most intense period of work Mm. at work in India. It looks like what you're experiencing when you're in India or that time too, your dad was going through the transitions from abroad to working in Japan. And now another transitions experience that it overlaps is your dad and your dad and you are kind of like the same path. That's very know, interesting. It's, it's so funny. <laughs> it's always simultaneous. I don't, yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. So we're 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 going through it. I I think it takes time. So, so that's the end of the part one segment of the family relationship episode. Please be sure to tune in to part two that will be released next week where we will be talking about the relationships with extended families and our siblings 
please be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook and check our website. Also, please follow and subscribe to our podcast on any platform you use so you can catch up with our newest episodes every week. Thanks for listening. See you next week.